Vile, the podcast where we attempt to rank every single horror movie ever, and this is Ryan. And this is Quincy. How's it going, Quincy? How you doing? Let's talk coffee, Ryan. <laughs> Let's talk fucking coffee. So, we um, were given some free coffee by Death Wish Coffee? Yeah, uh, what do you think of it? Um, okay, so the, the, the one cup of Death Wish Coffee that I have had, this is, okay, so you know the video game Bloodborne? Mm-hmm. Um, anytime that I walk by my copy of Bloodborne, I feel like this visceral fear because it frightens me to, to look upon and to think about. That's me with Death, Death Wish Coffee now. Um, I feel similarly. I, it took me a long time to open the bag to brew it because it just <laughs> made me feel uneasy. Kind of uh-huh. like when I visit my in-laws and I know that there's a loaded gun in the house. It's just like... <laughs> that air of danger, like. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh. Here's here's what it is. Uh, death wish coffee is like the faces of death of drinkable things. Like it's you. It's like some forbidden shit that your dirtbag friend back in the day would have had. Where it's like, oh man, this coffee can literally kill you if you drink enough of it. But also like faces of death. Once actually drinking it, a little bit disappointing. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly right. I yeah, and fa- like Faces of Death, seventy percent of it is fake. Um, I well, to be fair, it's very caffeinated coffee. Oh, I it's... was awake yeah. all day when I drank it. It is extremely caffeinated. I I think um the I I have had exactly one experience in my life uh, that was more caffeinated than this, and it was when I drank ten five-hour energy shots in a row. You're not supposed to do that, Ryan. You certainly are not. I was awake for I think th- I was I was rooming with you when this happened. Do you remember that like that bit when I was awake for I think 4 days? And probably I, because I went to sleep in those 4 days, I didn't realize <laughs> that you were not sleeping. Yeah, I this was one of those moments where um I had drinking I, I had drinking I had drank um a bunch of 5-hour energy shots and then I uh, hallucinated while trying to drive to work at Starbucks that cars were passing in and out of other cars, and I became convinced that a car was going to drive through my car and kill me. So I pulled over to the side of the road and cried. (laughs) And then by the time I got to work, my manager was like, what the fuck happened to you? Because, like, I looked like my eyes had been scooped out with, like, melon ballers, and my skin was the color of oatmeal, and I was shaking like a fucking disaster. So they sent me home. Yeah, that, that tracks. So anyway, yeah. Death Wish Coffee's not that bad, but it tastes burnt to me. Yeah, it it's, doesn't taste that good. No, it's over-roasted. Mm-hmm. It, and it's I over-roasted think... and... Well, let me ask you a question. How did you? So you drank a cup of it, yeah? Yeah, I made a pour-over, um, and I made a, a regular coffee mug of it. And mm-hmm. it gave me the same caffeine feeling of drinking a whole pot. Like, it's all I needed until, like, 4 o'clock. I think I had a Coke. But that's it for the whole day. Holy shit. And so, what, what were the... Okay, so what did it do to your stomach? Because when I drank the Death Wish coffee, it made my stomach feel like an, like a, like a, like a shaky toddler's fist. Like a really pissy toddler who's very mad at you. And they're shaking because they're so mad at you. That's that's how that's how my stomach felt. What 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 did it do to your insides? It didn't tear me up because it was only a single cup, and I think you made a pot, right? 
Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, you drank more than me. That's why it gave you the, the, the fist tongue. Mm-hmm. So yours was just kind of, ugh, and then you were fine. It was like, it was just underwhelming. Mm-hmm. I think it had been built up too much, and it didn't taste good, and I haven't made it again because I don't like it. Yeah, it doesn't... I feel like it's it's the novelty. Like, once the novelty wears off and you're like, well, now I'm just sucking down shitty coffee. Um, gotta tell you, the, the shine is off it a little bit. Yeah, I would describe it as, for fans, recommended if you like Waffle House coffee, mm-hmm. but it doesn't taste as good as Waffle House. It, it tastes like Greasy Spoon coffee because it's been on the burner all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which honestly, I'm uh, I'm really fond of that gross fucking ash, like wet ashtray sludge at the bottom of the pot, and I did not drink the Death Wish sludge. At yeah, the bottom. and and I am I pride myself on my unrefined coffee taste. I drink mm-hmm. gas station coffee at three in the afternoon. Like anytime I'm on a road trip and we stop at a gas station, I'll get the the day old coffee and drink that. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, but this wasn't great. Now, I also got a bag of community coffee, Cafe de Oya flavor coffee, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and it is delightful. I still, ha- I still have not had um, the community coffee. What? So, b- between that and Death Wish, you're saying you prefer the community coffee every day of the week. Like literally, mm-hmm. I make it every day of the week instead of making Death Wish. It's my brand of choice. So anyway, thank you, Death Wish, for giving us uh, some coffee to share. And maybe if you're out there, like y'all will would like to try it, but I can't give it a recommendation. Yeah, I also I would also give it two thumbs down because I, I I'll, now it's also funny though um, when we were. Um, I was researching Deathwish before I had some, and apparently there was like one story that was like, I, I I had to go to a psych ward and it ruined my life and my brain melted and hamburgers were eating people, fucking crazy shit happening. And then I realized like, oh no, this person drank a pot of this a day for an extended period of time. And I, my initial understanding was, it was just going to turn into the fucking Guatemalan, uh, the Guatemalan insanity pepper of the Simpsons yeah. with the vision quest where Johnny Cash is a coyote. <laughs> I assumed that was going to be my life after one cup of this shit. And it, it alas, did not happen. I did not end up in the desert. I Johnny Cash was not there. Two thumbs down. So thanks, gang. Now, speaking of insanity, uh, let's talk about Alien versus Ninja. <laughs> Holy shit. So Alien vs. Ninja from, I believe, 2010? Yeah. It, this is a Typhoon Sushi release, which is a, uh imprint of Nakatsu Corporation, which are the company that pioneered pinky violence movies in the 1960s. So all of oh, those... Oh, shit, that was them? Yeah, all of those Japanese girl gang kind of movies, that's Nakatsu. They kind of uh, grew smaller when VHS came out because those movies didn't get much tape circulation. So in the mid-2000s, they did a resurgence where they put out Alien vs. Ninja and Robo Zabergar and Robo Geisha. And, oh, um, fuck. I've seen Robo Geisha. Yeah, so same production company. They, they have a hashtag aesthetic. 
to them. <laughs> they certainly do. Like, it, it sounds like they have a very specific niche that they fulfill. Yeah. Fuck. Honestly, um, Alien vs. Ninja, this movie... Now, here's the thing. I spent... One of my favorite um, animes when I was a kid was Ninja Scroll. Um, because that was the movie I saw at a sleepover that I was... I saw it at an age that I should not have seen that fucking movie at. Um... Have you have you seen Ninja Scroll? I have not. I think we could do it on this podcast, so I need to like check it out. But oh, there's I've a lot of good it. horror shit. Like, there's a lot of good horror shit in Ninja Scroll. With like, there's a guy whose body is a beehive. It's crazy shit. But um, it takes place in feudal Japan, and there's like the Tokugawa government. There's like uh, Koga ninjas. It's it's the whole thing. And there were so many parts of. Uh, Alien vs. Ninja that made me feel like this was super gory Ninja Scroll fanfic. It's basically like Alien versus Predator fanfic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, well, and especially with the ninjas, I feel like, um, ah, oh, fuck. Honestly, this movie is so much better than I thought it had any right to oh, be. It, it blew me away how good it was. I thought it was going to be absolute utter dog shit, and it's like one of my favorite movies now. Yeah, it's um, I, I I wasn't expecting good things from the intro of it, but also all right. So let's let's let's. What is the plot of the plot Alien versus Ninja? Ninjas, a la someone who just got done binging Naruto and Ninja Gaiden, and is like, let's do that. So like. There's a team of ninjas, and one of them is a good ninja, and the other is a pretty good ninja, and one is the dope who can't get anything right. And they go back to their ninja clan, and uh, an alien lands, crash lands in Japan, and then they start getting picked off by what's basically a budget xenomorph. Similar, but legally distinct. <laughs> yeah, it's it's got now the 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 not xenomorph. We should come up with a with a, with a better name for for the not xenomorph. The the Mr. Charles brand xenomorph. <laughs> so Mr. Charles the xenomorph. Um it Clancy. vomits out Like have you ever had Clancy's brand potato <laughs> chips? That's what it is. I have There we go, Clancy. So Clancy the alien um vomits up this Pepto-Bismol colored goop. It, it's like the consistency of Campbell's chunky soup, and it's pink. It is, and it's got little upsetting. bitty aliens in it. Yeah, it's got little tiny baby aliens in the goop, and honestly, like the the effects in the thing. I feel like if you're a movie called Alien vs Ninja, you need to at least nail the special effects, and the effects in this are fucking bonkers. They're so good. Yeah, and this is another movie uh, where they leaned so hard into the CGI. They're like, it won't look realistic, so let's go as cartoonishly as possible. And it's a thing that I appreciate, definitely. Like, I um, I feel like for a movie like this... Now, this is also a movie that made me think of, like, Versus and Dead or Alive. Like, this is the sort of, like, gonzo, bizarre... Like, the super digital-looking... Lo uh, fight movie that's basically like su that's super gory, super CG, not meant to look real by any stretch of the imagination, and sort of takes responsibility for that. Yeah, and just acknowledges like, yeah, this is going to look like um, a super accomplished video game cutscene full of floppy tits and violence and screaming and blood shooting out of things, and it just sort of 
I don't know. I take that as a given from the jump, where it's just like, that's the kind of movie this is going to be. Yeah, and then when that ninja gets pulled into the ground and pops out, and he has uh, skeleton legs, and he's just flopping with, like, what's ostensibly a um, Big Lot-style plastic (laughs) skeleton you hang from your porch on Halloween... Uh, I knew this was a movie for me. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, there's there's one scene in this where um, a guy gets uh, his melon knocked off by Clancy the Xenomorph, and it, like, gets knocked off, rolls around, lands in a bird feeder, and this, cr- like, this fake crow gets held up to the face and just starts getting thwacked against the severed head by somebody obviously off-camera thwacking the bird against the head. It's very um, good. It is extremely good. I think I rewound that scene like five times. And not to spoil this movie, but at mm-hmm. the end, the alien picks up a katana and they have a sword fight with a ninja. Man, which honestly, an alien having a katana fight with a ninja, i it's like somebody was reading my eight-year-old dream journal. Yeah, like, like someone stole your notes from math class. <laughs> Where it's, what if the alien from Alien fought a ninja with a sword? And it's that, but with a budget and actors. And also, the voice acting, really good. Yeah, surprisingly, uh, the dub is not too bad. Yeah, um, I I would, I I don't know, I feel like, I, alright, I don't know which I like more. Very, very good dubs, or extremely bad dubs, where it sounds like the same guy doing every part poorly, half asleep at like three in the morning in a bathroom. My favorite are Hong Kong, the Hong Kong release. Uh, some dudes in Australia dubbed this over the weekend, and <laughs> there's like no human cadence. Actually, um, mm-hmm. um, no one can touch her is my favorite kung fu movie because the dub is so bad. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think um, Hong Kong horror and also um, a lot of Jalo films have that, I think. Yeah. Where, yeah, there's, like, one dude doing all of the voiceover for everyone. And, like, even even for, like, the, the men sound a certain way and then every woman sort of sounds like a, a lady version of that same guy. Like, maybe they ran his voice through a lady filter and it has the same sort of dead behind the voice cadence. Yeah. Where it's just, yeah, it's sort of, yeah. Yeah, very bored and very sort of, eh, I guess I'm a person in a movie. Um, but yeah, so the voice acting the voice acting in this is really good, and also the camera work is really, really good. I was going to try to go into the plot of Alien vs. Ninja, but here's the thing. That is not why anybody is watching Alien vs. Ninja. It's literally what the title says. The only <laughs> plot is an alien yeah. fights some ninjas. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's basically um, Batman uh, Dead End, but feature length. Yeah, yeah, it's very good. Yeah, uh, I I loved this. And honestly, I feel like this is one of the few things that I've been watching. Like, all right, so this is... So you know how I watch movies at my job where I work? Um, Yeah, which is book It's it's great. My boss mostly just makes fun of my taste in movies. Um, But, so, of the movies I have watched at work, which, by the way... Watching single white female at work, like I did today, very risky proposition. I was switching tabs a lot because of the amount of nudity in that movie. Um, So it's really refreshing when I get to watch a thing like uh, Alien vs. Ninja that's just like slapstick, goofy-ass violence and not wild nudity. I was watching this at work and my coworkers at several points would like walk by, see something happening in this movie and be like, what the 
fuck are you watching? And it's, I think the only other movie I've had like that at work has been Machiste in Hell. <laughs> that that really warms the cockles of my soul. Yeah, yeah, where it's like, wait, why is that oiled man struggling with a bird? And then a column, and then a ship. Um, but yeah, so there is no story to speak of, but also not every movie has to have a plot. You know, like it's sometimes you just want to sit down and watch an hour and a half of aliens fighting ninjas. Yeah. So you said it's better than Batman Dead End. That's number oh, 200. It's definitely better than Batman Dead End. Um, and, and not even because Batman Dead End is bad. It sort of is what it is. But I feel like for the thing it is, I more effort went into this. OK, so I'm looking up the list at you're the hunter which is another balls to the walls insane plot doesn't really matter kind of movie oh is it better or worse than your the hunter from the future man i that's really tough um i feel like you're the hunter from the future is better because it's got fuck cyborgs Yes, because it has fuck cyborgs, also because of that, um, uh, the music and the opening theme for your... Yeah, that disco theme slaps. Oh, if, if a thing has a disco theme in it, it kind of doesn't matter what it is. Like, oh, what was... We were watching a thing that had a little disco thing. Vampire in Brooklyn, I think, had a brief disco song in there somewhere. Um, and that, make, that makes me feel predisposed to giving it the benefit of the doubt, because I... I have a, all right. I have a I have a soft spot for disco generally, but in horror specifically, especially in a movie like *You're the Hunter from the Future*, I yeah, it elevates everything. Because disco, yeah, disco is the music of the future. It is the music of the future. That's what the future sounds like. Is if 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 you can't dance to it or have very risky sex to it, it's not music from the future. So right below your is *Body Melt* and the first annual *Monster Makers* Halloween contest. Hmm, okay. So I do think it is better than Body Melt, and I'll tell you why. I think it's better than Body Melt because neither of those movies have a plot, and at the very least, the effects in uh, Alien vs. Ninja is better than Body Melt, which also Body Melt is kind of going for a splashy comic book kind of aesthetic with the gore. So that's it's it does what it's going for, but I think feel like Alien vs. Ninja has a more distinct and effective visual language. I agree. They're, ne- they're neck and neck to me, but what wins mm-hmm. it are those baby aliens that look like pink rubber goo, and they make me want to put them in, their ma- in my mouth. <laughs> I, oh my god. I also had this insane urge to eat the pink goop. Yeah, it in looks this, delicious. It's like it looks delicious. It's, it's strawberry milkshake, wall to wall strawberry milkshakes. <laughs> yeah, this is this is the strawberry milkshake that got spilled in a McDonald's parking lot that you never got to eat when you were a kid, and you were really sad because you really wanted that milkshake. And it's that, but it's spilling out of a decapitated alien. Yeah, it, because that's what the alien bleeds is that same color. So yeah, it's tasty. yeah. Which, honestly, if you have an alien in a thing, they should not bleed red. Yeah. If, like, that's just, it should be something wild. You should do something that's not just like, and anyway, they're just gushing blood. Like, but, you know, your mileage may vary. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. If you have an alien gushing red blood, 
I feel like at that point you're sort of trying to do a like a oh you know like we're not so different you and I we 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 both have blood the color of like a fire engine because film blood always looks bad but I don't know film blood always looks fake so if you're gonna go with fake blood you might as well make it like fluorescent green because oh, then it yeah my favorite film blood is seventies samurai movie blood like Lone Wolf and oh, Cub. Yeah that day glow orange color mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's, it's like the shooting color of out of a fire hose <laughs> i think my honestly my favorite movie blood is probably the tall man's blood from phantasm where it's just this like canary yellow color yeah that's good blood again good alien shit. blood make your aliens yeah. bleed weird colors Fucking do so it. that puts alien versus ninja at number 182 yeah right between body melt and you're the hunter from the future i feel pretty good about that yeah and no, I'm not the hunter for the future. Your is the hunter for the future. <laughs> oh my god. You realize we, we, we somehow resisted the urge to do like a five minute who's on first routine with you're the hunter from the future? <laughs> my god. We see this is th- this is because we respect our listeners and we don't want to subject them th- to that for, for ten We are consummate professionals. <laughs> it's, I've 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 often thought so. Um so the next movie on the li- um so we've got a bunch of listener requests. Open the floodgate, Ryan. All right. So one that I really want to do is that on uh, so on Twitter, um, here actually let me uh, let, let me check before I do this. Do you want to do the Toxic Avenger? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Very good. So on Twitter, um, Chris Crash um, uh, at Chris Crash zero zero um, requested the Toxic Avenger. Um, the best trauma film. Yeah, easily. There's a reason it's the flagship trauma film. Yeah. Like, oh my god. So, Toxic Avenger, I actually... The first time I ever saw Toxic Avenger was on um, local Chicago TV. It was um, it was on an episode of Sven Gulli. <laughs> and obviously, it, it being Sven Gulli, they had to cut out, like, most of the everything. Um, like, all of, the, all of the gore, all of the nudity, all of the crazy language, all of... And, you know, and... I hadn't realized how fucking vile that movie was until much later when I was watching it at a party and you watch the kid's head getting crushed, you watch the guy get killed with the with the weightlifting equipment, you see just so many titties, just a, a, a wall of screaming titties. I also really like uh, this movie, but I wonder, does it age well? <laughs> no. No, no, certainly not. Um, it okay. So, uh, watching the Toxic Avenger under the harsh light of 2018, it's it's fucking harrowing, man. Like I, there were so many moments watching this where it was kind of like, ah, okay, all right. So one of the things that doesn't necessarily work in the Toxic Avenger is the, um, racism. Oh God. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. I was gonna say, is it the racism, the homophobia, the trans misogyny, the like? Th- there's so much in the Toxic Avenger that's just sort of trauma's playbook. Yeah, for it's the, a lot of movies. It's an '80s comedy. Right, but the thing is that a lot of the comedy doesn't even actually work. Like, I don't know. All right, so I've I I myself have kind of turned a corner on trauma. Because I think I used to be a really big fan of Troma, because for me it was very sort of Babby's first, you know, it's it's bad and it's it's supposed to be bad. It's really bad movies. And then um, 
I kind of realized how fucking empty that is as a conceit for an entire movie company. And to their defense, some of the titles they distribute are still very good. And when I am watching a movie and that trauma logo appears, I do still get excited. Be- well, and also because it's been the same trauma intro since like the early '80s. Yeah, it's great. And, and like, in, in fairness, trauma did you know fucking Death by Temptation? They did. I, I don't know. I, I, oh fuck yeah, Rabbit Grannies! I am still kind of a big fan of Tromeo and Juliet. Oh man, and that's I, that's wild because that one is and not I sh- good. It, oh, it's terrible! It's terrible. But I think it was one of the first movies I ever saw that got me into schlock. Like, that was, I don't know, like, I, you know that thing when it's, you are permanently fond of a thing even though you know how f- deeply garbage it is? Yeah. And you're just still like, well, but this is what got me into bad B-movies. Like, this is, this was my starting place. And you can, you know, sort of, I feel like the, the key for me is, look, at, all right, so with a movie like Toxic Avenger, um, I think two things. One, professional wrestler Kenny Omega looks like a creator wrestler of Melvin from Toxie. Yeah. Look at them, compare their faces. He looks like a buff Melvin. Um, and then two, it this movie should not have gotten as many sequels as it did. Yeah, yeah. Like, and all of them are bad. Every single Toxic Avenger sequel is extremely bad. And at least with the first one, I kind of love that they composed original music for it. Like the the uh, the love theme from the Toxic Avenger. Like, yeah, I ah uh, uh, I don't know. The problem is also that I have a I, uh, an I Heart the Monster Hero t-shirt somewhere in a box in Chicago. I can't claim to hate this movie. At many points in my life, I have professed to like the Toxic Avenger. I just I mean, it's cannot really defend good. it. It's, yeah. it's sometimes kind of cringy, but it's still very good. I mean, you do get to watch the hero of the movie literally punch a dude's guts out. Yeah. And a crowd of people cheer as this happens. Um, you've got a questionably Nazi uh, police chief. You've got um, a guy. I mean, okay, a guy gets suplexed by his dick into a barrel. Yeah. I, I don't know. Trying to critique the Toxic Avenger via conventional metrics. Okay. So it, yeah. So let's critique it by comedy. Number okay. one thirty-three is Freddy's Dead: The Final Nightmare. Oh no. Oh, no. All right. I think Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare is better than The Toxic Avenger. So right below that is Slaughterhouse, which is a hoot and a half. Ooh, Slaughterhouse is indeed a hoot. Um, honestly, I could go either way with Slaughterhouse or Toxic Avenger. What would what would you go with? I, I think because it is the first of its name, I would give it the edge. But I am more excited to watch Slaughterhouse because it's got a freshness and a newness to me that um toxie doesn't well it's, it's it's got that vinegar syndrome sheen on it yeah it's that's, like... that's the problem is it's got that vinegar syndrome release uh yeah. but i think toxic avenger goes above slaughterhouse oh i think so too i i think in and at the very least because of sort of cultural impact also i love that this was a thing... So you know that thing in the 80s where you would have a hyper-violent property like Robocop or Evil Dead or Toxic Avenger or whatever, and somebody behind the counter went, hmm, what if we did that as a children's cartoon? That's a good idea. Have you ever heard the theme to 
the oh, Toxic, Toxic Crusaders? Crusaders, it's yeah. all about getting girls. It's very weird. It's the weirdest fucking thing. It makes me think of like the um. I was honestly as a kid, I was obsessed with uh, Attack of uh, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, the cartoon. Yeah, like I had the I had the video too. game. Oh yeah, I was fucking obsessed. Um, and I so th- honestly, the fact that this got a cartoon out of it, like somebody saw a kid's head getting crushed by a car and went, mm, I bet my kids would like this if we made it nice. Um, so yeah, so uh, coming in at our new number 134, um, above Slaughterhouse but below Freddy's Dead The Final Nightmare is The Toxic Avenger. All right. And th- thank you, Chris, for, for, for this suggestion. So next up uh, on the requests uh, from the real Matt C on uh, Twitter, he requests Jack Frost. Number one. Um, <laughs> number one, best movie, better than Halloween, better than Texas Chainsaw. Killer it's about snowman. a goddamn murdering snowman. <laughs> <laughs> really, that should be that should be the lead for the movie. Is it's about a goddamn murdering snowman, <laughs> like. Now, this movie, I think, didn't it come come out around the same time as the Michael Keaton movie, Jack Frost? Here's what's buck wild: the Michael Keaton movie came out after this movie. So, so producers said, "What's going to happen when people look up our movie?" Um, and didn't care that this movie existed. <laughs> you know what? Fuck it. We're not going to be beholden to these dipshits. Yeah, they're just like you can't. <laughs> You can't tell me nothing. Yeah, no, like all right, here's what here's what happened. They saw that there had been a movie about like uh, a, a, mur- a goddamn murdering snowman running amok, attacking people in showers. The VHS release of it had a holographic cover, and they looked at that and went, "Yeah, we got Michael Keaton though, so fuck him." And yeah, they just yeah made a movie. Honestly, uh, this uh, it makes me nostalgic for like the late 90s early 2000s video shack thing where you could make a straight to video bullshit movie like this yeah and a surprising number of people have seen the movie jack frost and it's so well put together that's what's wild about it oh yeah it's like the practical effects are very good the only thing that gets on my nerves is the overacting of the killer snowman (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which as that came out of my mouth i'm like all right <laughs> okay <laughs> but he's like it's like brad duraf times a million just acting the shit out of that killer snowman <laughs> i kill you <laughs> i love that this is your complaint is that the snowman overacts like it's it's a, it's, it's it's a, it's a little it's a little much it's a little much from from the literal snowman okay so um, I'm, I'm gonna throw a movie out there and you say higher or lower okay so yeah let's yeah Carnosaur. Uh is better. Yeah. So I would actually scroll down to um Oh shit. Is it better than Toxie? Ooh. I would say it is. I think it's better than Toxie, actually. I think Jack Frost is a better version of what Toxie does. Which is ridiculous schlock horror that was never meant to be taken seriously yeah i would submit that jack frost goes right below hello mary lou prom night 2 Ooh, that's a spicy take actually wait what's right but oh yeah this is better than bloodlands shit you're right this is exactly in between bloodlands and hello mary lou prom night (laughs) 2 
<laughs> so at number 127 is not the Michael Keaton Jack Frost, but is in fact the good oh, Jack Frost. Holy shit. Both uh, of them have parents with dad. Okay, okay. That fucking mm-hmm. kid gives his dad um, that oatmeal with antifreeze in it to keep him warm. And it does kill that snowman, spoiler alert, but also, what the heck, uh, kid? <laughs> yeah, I don't, it's it's a lot happening. Like, I feel like um, that child, I don't know, child actors in the, in the 90s and 2000s, legal immunity. They can do whatever they want. They can do no wrong. Okay, My so God. next up is the Benicio Del Toro um, Wolfman, requested by At Dangerous Kami. I've never seen that movie. I have. It is... Okay, so... Um, Benicio, Benicio Del Toro Wolfman. It, okay, so you know how Universal has been desperately trying for the last decade to get their Universal monsters back up and running? Yeah, they're the... We've talked about this. They're the Lestat yeah. of... Yes. Universal <laughs> monsters. Remember, remember when I was beautiful... And it's, yeah, that's, it's, it's embarrassing. The Benicio Del Toro Wolfman, it should be so good because it's Benicio Del Toro as the Wolfman. And the problem is that this movie has absolutely no idea what to do with, with the resources it has. Um, it, the plot is nonsensical. The acting is good because it's Benicio Del Toro. But I feel like I, I had to actually, because I saw it back in like, fuck, I don't know, 2012 or something. And I tried going back to rewatch it and realized that I had forgotten everything about this movie because basically everything about it is forgettable. This is a very bad movie. If it was a book, it would be two books, <laughs> to quote Bob's Burgers. <laughs> it would be, yeah, yeah, if it was a book, it would be two books. So honestly, I'm scrolling down. Um, it is definitely, okay, all right. Here's the question I have. Is Benicio Benicio Wolfman? Is Benicio Wolfman better than She Kills? I would say yes. Is it better than the Halloween themed episode of Two Hundred Five Live? Absolutely not. Um, I would drop it right below um, episode forty nine of Two Hundred Five Live, the one where Tony Nice does crunches and throws jack o' lanterns at someone. Man, that um, is would, very good. It's extremely good. And also watching, honestly, the fact that Mustafa Ali, of course, is like handing out candy to children because I assume that that's just what he does every day when he sees children. And then also Tony Nese slaps candy out of his hand as a heel move because, God damn it, this candy isn't how I got these eight abs, this eight pack. <laughs> um, and it's, God, I love wrestling. So yeah, so the magic of wrestling is definitely better than Benicio Wolfman. But also, I do think Benicio Wolfman is better than Batman Gotham by Gaslight. Yeah, that movie doesn't really do much for me either. Well, it, it's it's very bad, and also, honestly, it lost me from the first five minutes when they decided to do a sexualized murder of Poison Ivy for no apparent reason. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, so number 207 is, uh, uh, wait, is it is it the Wolfman? Yep, so, uh, sorry, it's The Wolf, The Wolfman from uh, 2010. Uh, so, yeah, so coming in at our new number 207, Benicio Wolfman. We really missed um, an opportunity by not putting 205 Live at number 205. Oh, shit. We should, okay. 
<laughs> Should I mean it is between that and IWA Japan Nail Hell Deathmatch? Hmm. We really did miss a trick on that one. Oh. Um, well. So E E underscore McDevitt has requested virus. It has been a oh, virus since I've seen that movie. Oh man. So virus from 1999, I assume. The one um, with the the machine that's taking over the boat. Oh man. Honestly, virus. Uh, first of all, I I've just looked up the poster for Virus, and I love that it's the uh, the the floating heads poster that were that uh, that was really popular in the nineties. Yeah. Because I feel like yeah, in the nineties it was everything had to be floating heads in darkness, and I think it was Scream that is responsible for this as a as a poster format. Yeah, um, it's it's pretty uh, regrettable. Basically, all I remember about Virus is it's based off of an amazing comic book, and the action figure line was amazing because you could peel the decaying skin off of the machines and pull the like spinal columns and skulls out of the machines and like oh my god mix them around. Yeah, are you shitting me? Yeah, because you know the whole thing is the boat is killing the crew and turning them into machines so it's like right borging them but more body horror <laughs> just yeah to, as a verb to get slowly borged yeah um, but as, as, as like a film i don't i don't even know if i've seen the whole thing i think i have but it's been so long i cannot oh i i definitely have but i, I think it was i saw it when i was a kid um on like the usa network or something on like a sunday afternoon where it just kind of came on, and it was like, oh, okay, so it's Jamie Lee Curtis in space. Um, which makes sense to me, because for some reason in my head, I always pair Sigourney Weaver and Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. And I think it's because, like, iconic final girls. So, I would put it with, um... Right under Jack Frost, and right above Bloodlands. Yeah, that checks out. Although I honestly, I I I have an enormous amount of fondness for for Virus, and I, I think at least because of the visual effects, I remember being like particularly wild. They are really good. Like and and also I think, um, late '90s, early 2000s, everybody was obsessed with space horror. Yeah. Like even even the Hellraiser franchise, you got fucking Hellraiser in space. Like you had that. You had Event Horizon. You had like so many I, I don't know like virus is such a like of its time as a late 90s early 2000s thing and also it's got jamie lee curtis and i would um die on a battlefield for jamie lee curtis okay so, so um a little event horizons number 98 oh shit oh it's not that oh good. it's not that good it's not as good as event horizon it's also not um, as good as dracula 1972 yeah it's not as good as Candyman. Not as good as Grim ones. I, Although, I think it's better than Return to Oz. Oh yeah, I'll I'll buy that for a dollar. Yeah, uh, it, but it ain't as good as Alien Fuck Beast Vehicle of the Untamed. <laughs> Man, also uh, after finding out um, what uh, Betty Rocksteady's book is largely about, I love that we didn't even realize like, oh shit, does Betty know about the Untamed? <laughs> like, it's Do like, you listen, know about it's... this fuck beast movie? Yeah, like there's there, there's a fuckable alien. Like, of course we should. We immediately upon seeing the Untamed, we should have sent them a link to it where it's like, dude, no, you gotta see this. Like, this is specifically your wheelhouse. So, Virus came out in 1999, and I don't think I can name a more 1999 assed film. <laughs> 
Man, I for some reason I want to say the faculty, and I don't oh, even. I think, yeah. Yeah. I think the faculty is like two thousand or something. Um, which oh my god, actually this is going to be ridiculous. You, have you seen the faculty? No. So here's the th- all right. So Quincy, I'm going to pitch the faculty to you. Okay. okay. So directed by Robert fucking Rodriguez. Okay. Starring Elijah Wood. Um, Robert Patrick, the the T one thousand. It's got fucking Piper Laurie. It's got so many like actors that just pop up in this thing. It's got Usher. Usher is there. Usher. Usher. Fucking Usher is in this movie. Uh, it's got this wild soundtrack. It's got a Kevin Williamson script. Like everything. Like it's 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 this giant confluence of things. Like it's you know the the the. Oh, fuck. It's one of those movies that has everything going for it, and yet is so bad. <laughs> like, it doesn't... It has no idea what to do with itself, because it's like a classic sort of... Um, oh, no! Like the, Now, all right, so here's the thing. So I'm going to subtweet uh, this this guy uh, who used to do um, a relatively famous horror podcast, and he, he is kind of a, a, a an industry guy of like some renown now. And he used to do this podcast where, like, at one point he was, like, complaining that, like, oh, man, I totally came up with the story for the faculty before they even made the faculty. And the thing is that it's the most intro to horror plot ever, where it's, like, teachers at a school are turning into monsters and nobody believes the students. That's like every That's that fucking goosebumps book that we all read as a kid. Yes, it's it's a fucking goosebumps plot. And, like, and this dude... Uh, whose name I'm not going to say because I don't want to alienate people in the industry in case I need to interview somebody. Um, he's just, he's extremely like, oh yeah, they totally stole my idea with that. And it's like, that is the least original idea in horror is th- there's something wrong with the teachers. Um, but so the movie, oh shit, John Stewart is in it. He plays a teacher. What? <laughs> yeah. Fucking John Stewart. It's, oh God, you, you need to see the faculty just as a, as a kind of, so much less than the sum of its parts overblown uh late 90s excess like it's it's ridiculous but i'm also really fond of it because you can tell that now all right this is the movie that made me realize how much kevin williamson needed wes craven to reel him in and direct his material with a really sensitive deft hand because honestly, anything Kevin Williamson has done that was not directed by Wes Craven, it's kind of shit. Like, he's he's not he's not that good. And I think you need somebody that you know. If if you if you if you're writing lines of dialogue like you know, Sid, don't you blame the movies? Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. If you don't have Wes Craven to get that good performance out of like a Skeet Ulrich, it's, it's gonna. It's so bad. Like, have you like teaching Mrs. Tingle was written and directed by Kevin Williamson, and it is a bucket of bilge. It is, <laughs> un, it is unforgivable. And so anyway, so yeah, so the faculty, um, holy shit. So, if so, I were gonna so put first the faculty, of all, virus is number one hundred eight. Oh yeah. All right. So for going for late scores at home. So late nineties excesses. Speaking of early two thousands excess, Jennifer's body is number one twelve. Oh, Jennifer's body is way better than the faculty. Um, because I, I I feel like uh Jennifer's body at least has a. All right. So Diablo Cody and Kevin Williamson, I feel like have a lot in 
common. Yeah, it's the directors that make those movies good, not the screenwriters. Exactly right. Like, yeah, Diablo Cody and Kevin Williamson both, I think, they they kind of try to do the Joss Whedon thing where every character has to be the funny character. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, and, yeah, but honestly, Jennifer's body is such a fucking delight because of the acting, and honestly, the dialogue really works because of the characters, like... The actors really, really sell it. The direction is really good. And also, Megan Fox is an angel. Like, she's a fucking great actor. And also, I hadn't realized until Jennifer's body how funny Megan Fox is. Like, her comedic timing is fucking impeccable. And Jennifer's body is so fucking funny. Yeah, um, she does surprisingly well in that movie. Yeah, yeah. And, and actually, I'm realizing, like, how much of the hate for Megan Fox largely comes down to people not liking Michael Bay. Um, which is fair. Michael Bay is a fucking pig. But also, I don't know. I, I, I feel like Megan Fox has been done kind of dirty by public sentiment. I think you might be onto something there. I don't think she really deserves uh, the meanness. And also, I think no. it's one of those cases where people are being mean to an actor because of the characters they play and not because yes. they're a person. Right. And Megan Fox, I honestly, my my heart goes out to Megan Fox for having had to work with fucking Michael Bay for, like, several movies. Like, I don't know if you've seen um, any of the spicy comments that she's made about having had to work with Michael Bay, but it sounds like a fucking trial. But anyway, yeah, so Jennifer's body, way better than the faculty. Um, okay. Honestly, I, I, I think my floor for the faculty, because I also think Hellbound Hellraiser 2 is better... I think it twenty it twenty seventeen is better. I do think the faculty is better than Mayhem. All right. So uh, I have to scroll back up because I was way lower than that. So oh, I think go. is it better than Killing of a Sacred Deer? I would say it is not better than Killing of a Sacred Deer because um, the faculty I watched the first time and went, huh? Well, that certainly was a movie. Where Killing of a Sacred Deer, I watched and went, I don't know how to feel about that. Yeah, so so what is a more desirable effect? I don't know how to feel, or, huh? <laughs> well, that's certainly, of all the movies I've seen, that was certainly one. Um, I would say Killing of a Sacred Deer would rate above that, because I love, I love that feeling after watching a movie of, I just had an experience and I don't know how I feel about it and I need to chew on it. That's also how I felt about Hereditary. Was, like, I left the theater sort of trying to, because, like, when I saw Hereditary I walked away from it trying not to like, vivisect the thing too much because I had just watched it so I was just trying to, like, feel a thing rather than try to interrogate that. And I think I like Hereditary a lot more now than I did right after I watched it. And I love having that experience, like with Killing of a Sacred Deer, where you watch a thing and you're like, I need help reacting to this. I need I need to sit down for a bit and have a good think. Yeah, friend of the show, Ian, was texting me about Killing of a Sacred Deer and suggested that it's a commentary on Greek economics and social class, and that has a lot of um, tread to it. It totally makes a lot of sense if you think of it as like a the poor you know, eat the rich, get revenge. This is the way that we treat oh, the shit. upper class. That 
shit, that makes sense. Right? I, it's really good. Good job being for texting God, me that. God damn. See, this is this is why you want to make friends with people who navel gaze about horror movies. Yeah. <laughs> because then, then you get stuff like, actually, it's about Greek economics, and you think about it, and you're like, all right, that checks out. All right, so did we put this movie on the list oh. yet? No. <laughs> Sorry, uh, no. it's been a long day. <laughs> It, it's, it certainly has. Um, so yeah, so uh, coming in at our new 124, which I have to admit, didn't see that coming. I thought I was going to bury the faculty way farther down the list. But honestly, at the end of the day, it does have Elijah Wood. It has fucking Usher. John Stewart gets stabbed through the hand. It And, and it's also got... The other thing that I love about the faculty... All right, also quickly, sorry. Uh, 124, sorry. Uh, above Mayhem, Below Killing of a Sacred Deer. Another thing I love about the faculty... Um, you know the CGI from uh, the season three finale of Buffy with the giant snake demon? Yeah, my favorite Buffy. I'm sorry, that's <laughs> a lie. We all know Internet Demon is my favorite episode of Buffy. <laughs> Willow dates the a demon from the internet, remains the, the zenith of Buffy. Evergreen. Um, yeah, but also, yeah, like when the mayor turns into a snake demon at the end of season three, like the faculty's CG is basically like Mayor Wilkins' snake demon levels of just like you know cg was a thing but nobody really knew how to use it yet and everything kind of looks like garbage um yeah it's the faculty i i kind of want everybody i know to watch the faculty so they can get back to me with how they feel about it so i know how i feel about it <laughs> so that's yeah yeah hit, hit, if you hit me up with your spicy faculty takes if you've if you've seen this movie and you've got thoughts about usher um, but I, I think uh, that might be all the time we have. Yeah, uh, shout out to Lucky McDowell um, at Willow Cabins, Josh McGarvey um, at Ride the Dirt, uh, and um, at Alan Can See You. We uh, they all suggested movies that we have not seen, so which, we can't do them. Actually, which here's the thing though, uh, Ride the Dirt, which is um, our our uh, friend of the show Marty. Um, Here's the thing. No Holds Barred is not a horror movie. <laughs> I, it is It is a Hulk Hogan vehicle that he and Vince Mc... That Hulk Hogan and Vince McMahon wrote the script for during one coke-fueled weekend. And it... Um, I would love to do that, but not for this podcast. Because I cannot justify the movie No Holds Barred being on the list. So, Marty... You're a psychological terrorist, and I hate you. And yes, I will do. I will re. I will rewatch No Holds Barred and live tweet it. Um, from from my from my non rank and vile account purely because fucking, <sighs> fucking No Holds Barred. Um, but yeah. So thanks. Thank you for all the requests, guys. We're um pr we're going to get through the rest of them probably next week. Uh, someday we'll get through them. We have <laughs> a certainly lot. someday. And we're always taking more. So if you want to give us um, requests, email them to at rankandvilecast at gmail.com. If you would like to advertise on the show, if you have a product you'd like us to test and talk about at the top of the show, a book you want us to read, if you want us to review your movie, we'll do that. Get in touch with us, uh, rankandvilecast at gmail.com. Ryan, where can people find us on the social media? This well, new and what. upcoming thing, <laughs> social media. Um, so if you uh, want to find us online, uh, obviously we are over on Twitter at RankinVileCast, where we are permanently and recalcitrantly shitposting at all hours of the day and night. 
Um, if you want to hit us up on Instagram, we are at Just Rank and Vile, and on Tumblr at also Just Rank and Vile. Uh, we also have a letterboxed uh, with a full version. Well, a full version of the list, but sometimes we've got movies like a literal wrestling match that's two leather faces killing a guy. <laughs> That uh, put that on letterbox, you cowards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, fucking do it. It's a masterpiece. Um, so obviously we've got um the full version of Let's There. We've got um a bunch of other uh fun letterboxed uh to 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 page through. We're also over on Stitcher, uh, if you're into that sort of a thing. Um, and also I think what we're on Last FM. We're on whole bunch of platforms itunes we're on itunes hey uh do you think you could um leave us a review people that are listening at home um mm-hmm. that would be really cool it would be really rad uh, and you also don't friends. even have to and you don't even have to like go on at length about how much you like the show literally like, just be like this is a podcast and then five stars it would do us a huge favor get us out there a little bit more more people can hear us um but, barring that, I think that's all I got. You got anything else? Yeah, I just want to remind you that we still have a deal going on with um, at Retro Horror Caps on Instagram. He has made yogurt containers with the stuff label on them that you can buy and put in your fridge. Uh, yeah. And if you send him a DM with the code, the password, Rankinval10, he'll cut you a discount. Holy shit. We haven't done the stuff on this podcast yet, have we? No. Uh, I've never seen the stuff. <gasps> it is on... So, uh, shout out to uh, Shudder, another one, an- another sponsor. Um, the stuff is on Shudder right now. Quincy, you gotta go watch the stuff. We gotta do the stuff at some point. <laughs> well, clearly, uh, I know what we're doing in a couple weeks. A fucking hashtag iconic. Uh, but yeah, I think that's all I got. You got anything else? That's it. Have a good week, y'all. Later, folks. <laughs>